What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports' daily NFL podcast, Monday through Friday, in your inbox by 6 a.m. Check out our, we're down, uh, putting out social stuff. Check it out on the, uh, at Pick 6 Pod on Twitter. What are you doing if you're not there? We're also on Facebook. Just search for Pick 6 Podcast. Get there. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. Let's go. We're going to talk to Jason Lockenfora. The only reason I'm doing a separate intro here is that John Filippo, the Vikings offensive coordinator, was fired after we talked to Lockenfora. We saw it coming. We knew it was happening. There's clear disharmony with the groups. There was no chance Flip was getting a job, but it's nuts that he was fired the day after the Seahawks beat the Vikings. And now we have a situation where Kevin Stefanski is running the offense. He was going to be, he was going to go with Pat Shermer to the Giants, but he ended up being blocked by the Vikings. He stayed in Minnesota and now Zimmer's giving him the rock. I'm going to tell you right now, hammer the Vikings minus seven against the Dolphins. This is a clear cut case of Dalvin Cook having an enormous game. I promise you, I like it. You should like it. Let's go. And let's also go talk to Jason Lockenfora. Recorded earlier and break everything down as we always are on Wednesdays with the one, the only. It's Wednesday, Will. It's not Tuesday. It is right. absolutely Wednesday. It is Wednesday. Let's hope, Jason. This is the Wednesdayest, Wednesdayest Wednesday of my life. I would say maybe even. Look, I gotta tell you, I mean, like doing a daily podcast sort of screws with your brain anyway. But doing it where you yeah. record it the day before every day and then yeah. and like have to talk about that'll mess you up. Yeah, like I, I don't know what day it is ever. I mean, it's, you know, like it's totally Wednesday. It's that's, absolutely Wednesday. That's why I keep blacking out on Friday and thinking I'm gonna blackout on Saturday, but then I then I'm like, well, there you go, yeah, and then I'm like, I'm sitting. Better around. to be a day early than a day late, though. <laughs> that's right. Then you could double down. By Saturday, I remember what day it is. <laughs> um, anyway, that's Jason Lockenfora. We're going to talk some uh, inside stuff around the NFL, and uh, we're going to begin with the Steelers. We're going to talk about the shakeup that's going to happen or could happen in the NFC Wild Card, and uh, we will also talk about teams that are running the football. Some exciting stuff. Let's dive into it. Reminder that you can follow the Pick 6 Podcast on Twitter. They do the weekly smack chats, which are hilarious. I wish I could claim that I do those uh, on the Twitter account. The social media team does that. You can follow us on Facebook, too. We have watch live events. I'm hoping at some point we do like a live version of this podcast. Oh, Jason, some housekeeping. I I, I, yeah. be, I beat your ass in uh, fantasy this week. I don't know if you know that. Yeah, dude. I got – bro, I, I mean, when Roethlisberger left that game in the first quarter, I yeah. was like, you got to be kidding me. Yeah, like, you, I you mean, bad. I lose Odell Beckham, so like – since I stopped playing, because I clinched the best, first of all, you were the I mean, number I had one the seed, point in the seed. league, yep. right? So yep. then I had like a three week buy. In the course of that three week buy, I lost Cooper Cup. Then I lost Odell Beckham, and then I lose in the game Ben Roethlisberger. When yes. I have Juju, who the two quarters they played together, they dominated. It's just that you know Ben only played, I don't know, three four, three or four possessions in the whole game yeah. against the defense that he was moving the ball up and down on. Yeah, you had Ben finished with a 20, 28 points, um, and he only played basically half the game. Juju had 41, and then Odell yeah. Beckham and was – and they had a dude who couldn't throw the ball to him yeah. for half the game. Uh, Odell Beckham, you got like 27 points out of Kelsey. He was he was good. Mike Williams and Marlon Mack were fine. But you got screwed because you had to start Antonio Callaway after Odell Beckham was ruled inactive at the last second. Kudos to you for making the swap 
Um, Jason's usually. I actually though I I messed up. I, I was I was going to go with Cordarrelle Patterson, and I texted somebody with the Pats, and I'm like, how much of a spare part is he? And they're like, he's a spare part. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, but they're like, I'm not going to tell you what to do, but like, you t- he's not going to be featured or anything. Like you know, it is what it is. And then, of course, like uh, like five minutes into that game, he catches like a fifty yard touchdown. I'm uh, like, oh, right, good for me. This is not going to be my day. Uh, if it makes you feel, I mean, you were you were doomed the second that I the second that I started Amari Cooper. I mean, uh, yeah, he put up a 50 yeah, that was he yeah, he, he, he had himself a day. Yeah, he did. Uh, actually, speaking of Amari, well, we'll get to we'll get to the Cowboys in a minute because they're they're running the ball to win and they're an interesting NFC team uh, in in terms of that hunt. Uh, but yeah, I just wanted to you know point out that Prisco's packs uh, the team your team name. Uh, originally the number one seed lost and, and now it's in the semifinals. It's actually a little bit of, uh, a little bit of a mentor, uh, old geriatric mentor situation going on. I'm facing off against Pete Prisco and Sean Wagner's facing off against Ryan Wilson. So it's very exciting. I just gotta say that the whole playoff structure of this was flawed. Like, sure. How many teams got in the playoffs? Like 12 of 16? Uh, all 16. Yeah, come on now. <laughs> sure. Why couldn't we have just had the season go two weeks longer and then only the top four get in? That like, I'm just saying, I feel like I got job, but yeah. anywho. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's a questionable situation. Pete's team sucks. Anyway, let's move on to, uh, to actually Pete's team features, uh, St- uh, Stephen Ridley and, um, and he might be the starting running back or maybe, uh, uh, Jalen Samuels will be for the Pittsburgh Steelers who are now hosting on CBS the game of the year, game of the century, game of the year, game of the week, hosting the New England Patriots in what is, I mean, at this point, the Steelers are basically in, in playoff mode. This is a, every game is a must, every game oh, from yeah. on out is a must win game for the Steelers. What sort of tension are you hearing about within the, uh, general vicinity of that, yeah. of that, of that facility? I mean, look, uh, they're obviously at a, a crisis point now. And, you know, this is a team that, like, this isn't out of character that they would back themselves into a corner, lose a bunch of games they should have won. You know, the the narrative around there has been when this time strikes that they generally regroup and then go ahead and win the division anyway, and then you still have to deal with them in the playoffs. Um, but the problem is the schedule, as you said. I mean, it's New England, it's the Saints, and then, you know, you'd have to think even they would take care of the lowly Bengals in Week 17, and they always beat the Bengals. Um, but they're absolutely fighting for their lives right now, and they know it. And um, I, I don't know. I don't know, Will. I mean, I, I I think they're the best team in that division by some margin. I, they should have already clinched that that division. Um, and I, I don't I don't know that they know exactly how they're going to respond. Um, usually, banged up Ben is the best Ben. You know what I mean? When he can be the hero. Uh, it tends to bring out the best in him, and, and he's got that opportunity now. Um, there's a chance Connor plays in this game. We're still very early in the week. I mean, it is Wednesday and all, but um, they <laughs> I, haven't practiced yet. Yeah. So they're they're going to be eager to see what he can do on Wednesday and Thursday um, before they make a determination. It's not going to be like last week where he was ruled out before the work week even really started. Um, it's certainly all hands on deck time right now. I, I don't know what to make of them. They should just be better than this. And and for a five month five month five week stretch, from like late October through November, 
or I guess mid-October through mid-November they look before like the they start falling apart. They, they look like the best I thought team they were the football. most balanced team in football. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. I mean, how... they can beat you on the ground. They can beat you through the air. They can beat you with the pass rush. They can beat you with big plays. You know, they can just find ways to beat you. And, and I mean, I, 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 I don't know. You know, it's not like they've suffered a rut of, uh, you know, just significant injuries. Like, they don't have the Redskins excuse. Um, to me, the Steelers and the Panthers, I just can't figure either of them out, you know. And the Steelers, the peak of the Steelers' ascent, you know, sort of was that beatdown of, of the Panthers on the Thursday night. Oh, yeah. And then they, you know, they kind of rode that for a couple more weeks, and the Panthers fell off a cliff at that moment. And then, you know, two weeks later, the Steelers kind of went right off with them. Yeah, the, so the Steelers, that was uh, that Thursday night in, in week 10. Steelers and won remember, f- Carolina was like the one seed or close to the one, like what, with the two seed, right? They were ahead of New Orleans. I think only, only the Rams had a better record Dude, the Panthers, than them in the NFC at that time. The Panthers were 6-2. and two. <laughs> like, And it's like, well, the Saints are in trouble. they got to play the Panthers twice in the final three weeks of yeah, the season. Yeah. And, and the Panthers haven't won since. I mean, they've lost five games since then. They were they were six and two. Their only losses were a close one to the Redskins and a uh, close to a road loss to the Redskins and a road loss to the Falcons. They looked like a great team. They were taking care of business against everybody. Well, even the Redskins game, Cam's marching down the field, yeah. and everybody's like, "They're going to win this game." You know what I mean? With a yeah. field goal or whatever. And then I think it was Norman might have been. The, I think Norman got the pick. Yeah. Now, in in Carolina's defense. And I don't want to defend Carolina. We'll talk about more than, but I mean, they, they have four, they, four of their five games starting with that Steelers game have been on the road. They've just been bad on the road for whatever reason. I mean, you know, it doesn't help you any. You still got to, you know, play the Saints twice in the final three weeks, but to the Steelers, I mean, they beat the Panthers. It's like, all right, they're going to go to Jacksonville. They didn't beat the Panthers. They, they, Remember the Panthers yeah. had that first drive where Norv had the script of all scripts. Yeah. And it's boop, beep, boop, 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 boop. And you're like, wow, this might be a boat race. Like, look what look at Carolina's offense. That was like DJ Moore was just starting to come on. They had folded McCaffrey totally in. Um, you know, Cam was – people were talking about Cam as an MVP candidate. Like, they yeah. – and then they got completely beat down for the next 55 minutes. Got outscored 52-14 to 14 over the next 55 minutes. Um, all right, so the Steelers then lost to the Jaguars – or they beat the Jaguars barely, and then they've lost the last three at the Broncos, uh, Chargers at home in a crippling fashion, and then, then at the Raiders, of course. They have the Patriots this week, the Saints the week after, and then the Bengals at home. What If the Steelers go one and two, and they – They're not, not going to be good enough, I don't think. If they go one and two, they're not going to make the playoffs. They have to go two and one. Well, if they go one and two, they need Baltimore to go one and two because their best way, they, and that's what they're talking about in that building right now is they're, you know, they're sitting there on the plane flying back and, you know, the, the front office guys and the coaches are kind of looking at the schedule and doing the math and whipping out the abacus and the calculator. I mean, they're going to, especially if they suffer more AFC losses, they're, they're wild card. The wild card may be a, a, a dismal proposition for them. Well, I mean, their best bet is to stay a half game ahead of the Ravens. No, no now, doubt. Now, look, here's the problem with the wild card. Now, the Ravens, I mean, I don't know what to make of them either. Like, they should take care of Tampa this week. But then they go to the Chargers, mm-hmm. who the Chargers could be playing for the one seed. Yep. And then they play the Browns, who always play them tough, who beat them with Hugh Jackson earlier this year. Hugh's final victory. Hmm. Um, you know, one of his three. And... They're obviously playing with a lot of confidence and, and moxie, and they've got a chance to get to 500 and maybe keep Greg Williams as their coach and end the Ravens' season. And I would just say, 
All the Ravens had to do last year was beat a bad Bengals team in Week 17, and how did that work out? And all they had to do was beat Pittsburgh Week 17 the year before that, and they had a big lead in Pittsburgh. And then how did that work out? Uh, you know, the past Antonio Brown, and then two years before that, I think it was the Bengals again in Week 17, and couldn't get it done. So I don't know, man. I don't know. Will Baltimore go two and one? Not definitely. I think so. Yeah. You know, but I think they beat Tampa. I think they lose to the Chargers, and then it's you know it's it's their Super Bowl against the Browns and the Browns are, are, are a young athletic defense. And I think that they're, they're built I to stop Lamar they're, Jackson. They're built to stop some of that RPO stuff. Yeah, I think the yeah. speed they have off the edge, I think they will sell out to um, make Lamar Jackson's life miserable and painful and, you know, force, force Baltimore to throw more than they want to, um, which would then play into the Browns hands as well. So I've always thought, you know, as I looked at this schedule, and you know me, I was calling for them to go to Lamar before the Flacco injury even happened. Sure. Um, I thought that the only way for them to have a viable path to stay relevant was to do what they're doing, ball control offense, heavy RPOs, have their most athletic, best offensive player on the field, um, you know, as much as possible. Do you, do you, but have we, is there a chance we have I not? Think, I always thought the Chargers and the, and the Browns would be the two toughest games for them is there because a, of the way their defenses line up. Is there a chance we see – Joe Flacco in these in the final two games. I don't think we see him against Tampa because I, I would expect that Lamar Jackson and Gus Edwards and and uh, Kenneth Dixon and uh, you know whoever. Else. I mean Harbaugh saying he's going to have a role in this game. I mean I, what that means I don't know. I know this. He can't start Flacco. No. I, I, I don't see any scenario where he starts Flacco. And if he gets away from Lamar too soon, he's going to have issues uh, because this team knows. I mean the offensive linemen know. Like when they had to. Pass protect even for Lamar Jackson in the second half of that game. Mm-hmm. D4 to Justin Houston completely and Jones completely unmasked him. I mean, Flacco would have been, if Flacco played 60 snaps in that game, he would have been on his ass at one of every three snaps. Yeah. I mean, Lamar is, you know, incredibly elusive, athletic. He, I mean, he got sacked three times and it would have been seven on a normal quarterback. I mean, it, it, and that's just in the second half. Like, it's not feasible. So they know they can't do that. They know that Willie Sneed and Michael Crabtree and John Brown ain't beating anybody. Right. You know, it doesn't matter who, whether it's Flacco or Lamar at quarterback. And they know that the defense, the minute they have to play more than 25 minutes a game, falls apart because they're old and they've played a lot. And that defense has fallen apart in December for the last few years. Um, they didn't win time of possession last week, and they gave up two fourth downs. I mean, they looked gassed and winded. Weddle's running around like, you know, an old man and – and C.J. Mosley can't cover anybody, and, you know, they got, they got exposed. So if, if Harbaugh gets away from that, he's going to have trouble in his locker room, which mm. he may not care at this point anyway. But, I, I mean, whatever that role for Flacco is, it might be like, okay, if we're down 17 points in the second half, let him come and try to earn his paycheck. That's, I, I don't mind that. I mean, like, if you, you, know, you, get, if you get down to yeah. yeah, I mean. And, by the way, the Browns, I mentioned this on uh, – and Brady Quinn laughed it off yesterday on the podcast, but – um. They're alive. If the if the if the Browns win in week fifteen and week sixteen, and then they go into week seventeen playing the Ravens, and the Steelers lose to the Patriots and Saints and go to week the sixteen, next two. they could have a road to the division, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Browns, if the Browns win out and the Steelers lose out, and the Ravens go, I think one and two, including a loss to the Browns, and the Browns win right, the right, AFC right. North. Then the Browns win the AFC North, which means Jason that Hugh Jackson and the Bengals beating. The Steelers 
in week sixteen could get the or week seventeen could get the Browns into the playoffs. Wouldn't that be some sweet, sweet irony? Baker would have to go over and give you a hug, like get on a plane immediately after winning the division, fly to Cincinnati or fly to Pittsburgh because the game's in Pittsburgh. Maybe run to Pittsburgh from uh, from uh, from Cleveland or from Baltimore, Baltimore to Pittsburgh, and just give Hugh a big hug. I mean, he'd have to he'd have to own it, right? He'd have to give it up and say, Hugh, you know what? I was a I was a I was a jerk after the game when we beat y'all, but you know what? You're you you saved us. Thank you. He has to he has to he has to publicly apologize, right? Yeah, that's though I think where the calculus fails for the Browns. Like <laughs> they need I, Hugh Jackson could the Steelers to the lose the next two. Absolutely. Could could Baltimore beat Tampa and then lose to the Chargers? Absolutely. Could the Browns beat the Ravens? Absolutely. Yeah. It's the Pittsburgh losing to the Bengals part that. And then look, I give the Bengals credit. I thought they rolled over and died the last few weeks. They had a pulse. They gave the Chargers a game. Um, you know, Driscoll ran around, made some plays. But I just think the more you film you get on him and the more games they play without A.J. Green, you know, I. but crazy things happen. I think that's how the Steelers backdoor the AFC North, though. You know, mm. I could see them losing the next two. And I could see Baltimore doing what they're doing and Cleveland doing what we're saying. And I could see Cleveland even beating Baltimore. But then I think the Steelers – the Steelers beat the Bengals, and then they win the AFC North basically because of that tie, right? By default, yeah, exactly. All right, so in, in the hypothetical world where – because I think we know what's going to happen if Baltimore doesn't make the playoffs. If, if Baltimore misses the playoffs, uh, Harbaugh and, and, and the, the Ravens go their separate ways. But what about Pittsburgh? Is there any chance of – significant fallout for the Pittsburgh Steelers if they were to miss the playoffs. Does this affect Ben Roethlisberger? Does it affect, um, like, uh, I mean, the running back situation, Le'Veon Bell is on, maybe getting the transition tag is what you've reported on here. Is, is it, does it, does it affect Mike Tomlin or is it okay? That was a weird year in a series of weird years. Let's regroup and try and win it. My, I think that it would be that everybody goes into next year on notice. You know, I mm. think he would be, sort of where Harbaugh was this year. You know what I mean? I, I, ownership's not going to hang Harbaugh out to dry the way Bashadi did, like licking his thumb, holding it in the air, and saying, Boy, I really, 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 really wanted to fire this guy for you. But right. uh, I didn't, but I probably will next year. I don't think it's quite that overt. But I, I think in that building, the understanding will be, okay, that's kind of sort of a mulligan. And you know what? Maybe Ben is hitting the wall a little bit, but we still got one more run with this team, you know, as constituted before we have to pay Juju, which might mean the end of Antonio Brown. You know what I mean? And, yeah. You know, we got to figure out who we can continue to pay on defense and who we can't. And you know, it might be the end of Cam Hayward because now we got to pay JJ Watt. Or, you know, TJ uh, Watt. Yeah, TJ Watt. Yeah. So I, I think, and they also, I mean, not that they can't always get coaches because they're the Steelers and they don't fire anybody, but this is going to be a weird landscape to walk into. You know what I mean? And unless you're bringing in Harbaugh, you know, McCarthy would be interesting. Again, I don't think any of this would happen, but, like, I'm just sizing up the timing. But if McCarthy sits out, McCarthy might be there next year. Yeah. I mean, the Steelers have had three coaches since 1969. Yeah. Like they're not. I mean, like since yeah. since the NFL began in the in the post, um, you know, in the in the in the post merger era, the Steelers have had three coaches. This is not like they're not going to fire Mike Tomlin because he 
you know, went eight, seven, they eight, had one, one bad second half and they collapsed. No, I don't see that happening. And they're going to look also and say, okay, Baltimore's going to go with Lamar. Let's see what that is. Yeah. You know, great. What Cleveland's doing is great here, but do they mess up that higher? And, and you know what I mean? And screw all this up because let's face it, that's what the Hazards have done. And the Bungles are the Bungles. Yeah. So I don't think they do anything now, but I think you would be like, a lot of the stuff I was reporting about Harbaugh and McCarthy the first half of this year, I had, I'd have a feeling I would be reporting the similar stuff about Tomlin. You know what I mean? A year from now, if the Steelers have a slow start. Okay. If the, so, so miss the playoffs, slow start, all of a sudden it's, it's potential notice. But there's enough continuity, and he's done well enough in the regular season that everybody's fine there. And, of course, Ben is not – I mean, like, they're not going to cut Ben Roethlisberger. One more time, it's just how much. Wow, you think so? Oh, he'll get a contract this offseason. Really? Well, he, they don't I mean usually they don't let their quarterbacks and coaches go into lame duck years, right? Yeah, I, I mean, guess. I don't have it in front of me. Do you? I, he's got one year left after this. Yeah, twenty nineteen is the two. final year. Twenty nineteen is the final year of his contract. Yeah, and... they'll do something. Okay, uh, they'll he... do something. Wow. All right. What do you? He's thirty seven next year. He's thirty seven next year. What do you do? Like, what do you? Two I years? mean, it's what you do like a breeze deal. Okay. All right. Interesting. It's not like Ben's going somewhere else either. I mean, it's either. He's gonna... no, I mean, I think they do a three-year deal for cap purposes. That's really a two-year deal. And by the second, and by 2020, you know, we'll see where Mason Rudolph is. Okay. Um, I, I mean, but like Breeze, and I think Philip Rivers probably qualifies as this too. Um, I, I just can't see him playing anywhere else. I think it's like if the, if the team says, hey, man, this is it. And the only reason they would say this is it is if it's it for Ben and, and Mason, like Mason Rudolph would have to look great and Ben would have to look terrible and just age and be beat yeah. up. Like th- at that point, he just walks away anyway. It's not like he's going to go suit up for, um, you know, the, 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 like the Miami Dolphins and play for two more years. Right? Yeah. I mean, right. Like, yeah. Ben's going to walk away as a Steeler, only a Steeler in his. In I his think career. the Steelers will get, I, I don't, I mean, I don't think it, I, I think it's like Breeze. He, they may, it may take a little while to do the dance, but the expectation around the league is, you know what I mean? That's yeah. where that thing's going to get done. Okay. Uh, let's they can about... always franchise them for a year, too, but they don't want to do that. And, <laughs> and I, they don't let – quarterbacks who they like and coaches they like don't get to lame duck situations. Right. So right. I, I I expect them to be talking contract at the combine. Okay. Uh, $23 million cap hit. Plus, they could always bring his cap hit down in, in 2019 and maybe uh, pay Le'Veon or something like that. Uh, that probably won't happen. So moving on to the NFC, where another team that just paid a quarterback just laid another egg in prime time. Uh, Kirk Cousins, now 0 for 6 in his career on Monday Night Football after losing two days ago to the, uh, to the, to the Seattle Seahawks. <laughs> That's right. It was, it was definitely two days ago. Feels like so long ago. Um, it wasn't, it wasn't last, it feels like it was last night, but it absolutely was not. It was, no, it was not 12 hours ago. Um, the, the offensive line looked bad. Kirk Cousins looked bad. Adam Thielen was caught at the end of the game going, it's been there all bleeping day, uh, yelling that on an open mic on ESPN and, uh, probably by accident, but clearly some frustration there. It, what's your sense on what could happen in Minnesota? I mean, they're gonna they're gonna make the playoff because they're, they're sh- still probably gonna get. Yeah, I mean, that's the no, thing. No, they're still. Right. I mean, well, well like the Packers will, which that wouldn't that be something? But I mean, it could happen. Man, some so, team that has no business. I mean, the sixth seed in the NFC this year could have less business being in the playoffs than you know the Titans and Bills did last year in the uh-huh. NFC. 
the, or the ninth seed in the AFC this year, the, what we thought about the, of the conferences coming into the year is completely flipped. Like we thought the NFC was going to be loaded. Yes. There's I gonna, thought, yes. There's going to be a 10 win team sitting on the outside. And now it's like, yes. It, Carolina, Philly, or Washington being in the playoffs would be disgusting. They would lose, they'd be 14 point dogs. It can't be play. Washington. I, I can't even entertain that proposition. I can't either. Washington, you know, Washington. I think they're tanking it to try to get Bruce Allen fired at this point. You know what I mean? I think uh, everybody's like, hey, I don't know where my next check's, next check's coming from, but it's probably not here. You know, I, I yeah. I mean, they're playing, they're, come on, they're playing with Josh. And, and, and look, I'll take Josh Johnson over Mark Sanchez eight days a week, but like, you're going to play a month of football with Josh Johnson? I went on a pretty incredible rant. Uh, Eric K., our boss, is a Redskins fan. He listens to the podcast every day, um, because why wouldn't you? And, uh, but he, um, uh, he, I went on a pretty incredible rant about Colin Kaepernick, not because I like the political, uh, situations, but mainly because, um, like I have the Redskins winning. I, I took, I pick, I bet on the Redskins. Yeah, you were, division. you were big on them. Yeah, and, and like, and now they're playing, they're just costing me, they're setting my money on fire. And so I was, I was, it's, it's insane. Just bring Kaepernick in and, um, and, and, and at least just try him out. Like all NFL teams will do anything. They'll sign. Here, here's the thing that cracks me up. Obviously, Dan Snyder, like, ultimate, he's the ultimate businessman, right? Like, it's all yeah. about, as soon as he got there, it was all about marketing and he added 30,000 seats to a stadium that barely had the infrastructure for the 65 and originally, was supposed to have, you know what I mean? And it was our 200 million people on our waiting list, you know, and all that stuff. And and they've been humbled. And he couldn't get anybody to come to their games when they were six and three. Dude, if he signed Colin Kaepernick and he returned, like, A, he would change his perception, yeah. uh, at least for a little while, about how he runs his business and who he is. You know what I mean? And is he really the Grinch or isn't he? He would, that place would be sold out. Like, you'd have people who wouldn't want to be there, but, bro, you wouldn't be able to get Redskins box seats for 35 cents on StubHub for whatever, however many home games they have left. And, like, he doesn't have a quarterback for next year. Yeah. So, like, you might also decide that, hey, we signed him to a one-year deal with a team option, and we've got first dibs on him. And, dude, if you're willing to claim Reuben Foster, come the bleep on. Yeah. It's crazy, man. Like you, you'll claim Reuben Foster, who's definitely not going to play for you this year, just because the NFL is going to like hit him with at least six games with the suspension once he's eligible to come off the exempt list or whatever he's right. on. And so, like, you're not going to see him this year. Maybe at the middle of next year. It's like the Kareem Hunt thing. You're not, you're not, you're not claiming him for this year. You're claiming him for the rest of his contract. But you won't even trot Kaepernick out there and like work him out and see what he's got. It it it, it blows my mind. Because, no, it's, it's laughable. It's yeah, laughable. Yeah, I mean, like it's. It's, it's clearly not it, a football It won't be them. Season. I mean, the Saints, I think, Sean Payton plays these games to win. You know, if he's week 17 with a chance to get home field and try to cement Breeze as the MVP, although I kind of think that ship sailed. Yeah. You know, I think that's what Sean probably does. So I don't think he's shown any mercy to the Panthers and Ron Rivera. Yeah. Even that Atlanta game at this point will be a struggle for them. Are we, talking, are we talking the Panthers or are we talking the Redskins? Yeah, the Panthers. Uh, well, hold on, before we get to the Panthers, we've got to take a quick break to tell you about one of our other awesome podcasts. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. All right, so good stuff from those guys. 
But on the Panthers, so they, the Redskins, Redskins are out. Redskins are six and seven. They have to go on two road games. They're tanking. But really quickly on the Redskins, before, and I guess I could have done this before the break, but whatever. Do the Redskins, does Bruce Allen get fired? Does Jay Gruden I get fired? I think Bruce Allen gets fired. Does Jay Gruden get fired? Or at around? the very least neutered and reassigned. I think their structure, I think their power structure changes. I don't, I don't know that they fired Jay Gruden. Who's taking that job? Just you owe a, you owe a quarterback who will probably never play again fifty million dollars. Yeah, you got Josh Norman at sixteen million. You know what I mean? Are you really keeping that around? Uh, I, I mean, the Alex you Smith, don't know yeah. where you're getting a quarterback. You won too many games in the first half of the year to be positioned to get one. Uh, you got your covenant with the fans is broken. Um, I mean, who are the young pieces you're really building around? The front seven is supposed to be where it's at, and it was for half the year. But now those guys are getting absolutely gutted. Nobody's ever won for Dan Snyder. I mean, the, and if, there, if there's eight or nine openings, I just go back to, like, I think it was 2009, which was a year where there was, like, a record ten openings, and they ended up with Jim Zorn. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. everybody turned the job down. Yeah. You know, it got down to Fossil, and they were going to hire Fossil, and I was in the Washington Post at the time, and I started reporting, like, they are in negotiations with Fossil. Like, this could happen in the next 24 hours. And there was a mutiny in town to the point where they're like, oh, my God, we business decision, we can't sell Fossil. So let's just go back to Zorn. I mean, they'd hired the staff before they had the head coach. That's right. You know, they That's thought it was right. Carroll. He's like, no thanks. You know what I mean? Then there was the point, like, the Giants were on their run that year, and, and they were desperate – for spags and he said no thanks i mean it was a colossal cluster f yeah like that's what they would be like they have good luck they you have, know what i mean yeah, so yeah. I, I think they keep jay Groot. i mean jay i mean god they lost a running back in, in august you know adrian peterson yeah that was fun for like five or six weeks and now he's back to being he's done like he's over the, I mean, Trent, well, Trent's always hurt, though, now. You know what I mean? Like, Trent's been hurt for three years. To me, he's the best left tackle in the game when he's healthy, but he's starting to remind me of Jason Peters a couple of years ago. Like, he's just not there. Do you, do you remember? And when he's not there, do you remember that, when we that were, whole thing falls apart. I, I mean, Jordan Reed, you know what I mean? Like, great player, but he's always hurt. I mean, that, that, they have nobody who can win on the outside. I mean, you're going to blame Jay Gruden? I don't. I mean, again, like, if you want to fire Jay Gruden, I totally get that, too. But who are you getting? You know what I mean? Are you going to be the team that hires Filippo because nobody else will? I mean, do you think that's going to – you know what I mean? Like, you think that's going to be a pretty picture next year? <laughs> um, all right, so one, do you remember last year at some point on a podcast we talked about the Chargers training staff? I am convinced that the Redskins have a bad – like, like, they're the opposite of the Eagles, like, in terms of sports science or whoever's good. Like, remember the Phoenix Suns always managed to heal everybody and people go to Phoenix yeah. and, like, like Steve Nash's back is healed. The Redskins are the opposite of that. Cause two years in a row now, they have suffered more injuries than any team in the NFL. Uh, last year, football outsiders, they led the league in adjusted games lost, I believe. And I'm sure they're on track to do it this year because they lost Alex Smith. They lost Colt McCoy. Um, you know, they, Jameson Crowder was banged up. They lost Darius Geis. Trent Williams, you know, Brandon Scherf's been banged up. Every I mean, Morgan Moses, everybody's hurt. Uh, and so I, I don't know if it's like them taking chances on guys who are injury-prone in the draft, but it feels like their training staff might be terrible. And this well, Alex- some of it is self-fulfilling prophecy. I mean, Doxon was a guy who was came into the league hurt. You know yeah, what I mean? Get yeah. hurt, stay hurt. I mean, I, I think in some cases, you know, some of the Alabama kids had a lot of tread on their tires. Now, they, they've mostly, aside from Ryan Anderson, mostly stayed healthy this year. But, like, there's always trepidation with, with some of that. I mean, dude – Ruben Foster, take, I mean, all the off-field stuff out of it, which is impossible to do, but just do it for a second. 
like he was off a lot of teams' boards because of the shoulders. Now, the <laughs> Redskins and the 49ers were two that, you know, their doctors like, no, no, not a problem, not a problem, not a problem, not a problem. But, like, there's an inherent injury risk in assuming that contract and paying that guy whatever it is, $50,000 a week or whatever it is, to do nothing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you don't even know if the soldiers are going to hold up, if, he, if slash when he's allowed to, you know, take the field again because he's no longer suspended or on the exempt list or whatever else. Yeah. Uh, and, and by the way, look, um, Alex Smith, I mean, you feel bad for the guy because he's a great, he's a great person. Like he does a lot of good in the community at every stop he's been to. Um, but he is a, a real literal dead weight on the, on the Redskins next year. Well, they didn't have to extend him. And no, I was, felt we, like I was the only person making that point, like all the way back before the Super Bowl when yep. all this stuff started going down. Like you just were willing to franchise a young quarterback for two years. You know, you yeah. didn't care. You got this guy, one of the best bargains in the league, seventeen million a year, and you could franchise him twice. And you know what it's like to carry a quarterback at the franchise tag and still have a roster because you just did it <laughs> twice. Why are you in a hurry? You don't know what kind of fit he's going to be. You know you're going to lose pieces on your offense anyway. What was the? I mean, what's the hurry? Yeah. What it, is it the hurry? He's not going to not show up for the franchise tag. He's going to be there. Drew Brees showed up for the franchise tag. Like, what are you talking about? Like, why? I, I, you're going to guarantee three years? It was, I mean, that's a fireball offense in and of itself for Bruce Allen, whose main job description seemed to be get me sweetheart deals for a training camp, get me sweetheart deal for a, a stadium, and keep me from spending my money, you know, wasting my money. If we're going to go between six and eight wins, let's do it, you know, way below the cap than cash over cap. And then and now here they are, and Alex Smith, the guy they break the bank for? It's crazy. I mean, he, I mean, he's at $42 million dead cap hit if they cut him next year. And he's probably, I hope he's, I mean, like, I, I mean this in all seriousness. I, I hope he has both legs by the time that 2019 starts because it sounds like this injury. I mean, have you heard anything about this other than, you know, what's sort of out it's there? Just, it's not good. Yeah. I mean, is there, I mean, is there a chance, I mean, is there a chance he like loses a leg? I mean, like how, I mean, I don't know about that. I'm not going to get into, I, I, sure, I'm not sure, going to sure. get into any of that, but I, I mean, I, I just say it's, uh, it's very safe to say, that um, this is a career-threatening injury. I mean, it, 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 like it's more likely he doesn't play in 2019 than he does play, right? It's very early, but right now, I would I would tend to say that's the case. Yeesh. Uh, okay, so that's the Redskins. Things are going very well for them, per usual. Hard to believe they were six and three and uh, in a good spot. The Panthers were also six and six and two and in a great spot. They have lost five straight, as we mentioned, four of which were on the road. They stink on the road. They only have one. The good news is they only have one road game left. The bad news is it's against the Saints. And the yeah. worst news is they play the Saints this week on Monday Night Football. I was going to go to that game and, and cover that game. I'm not sure that it's worth going down to Carolina for it. Although it does keep the Panthers' playoff hopes alive at seven and seven um they would have you know a home game against atlanta they can win to get to eight and seven and then now, eight wins might be all it takes i mean that's, that's right that's, that's yeah. the reality there yeah i mean well the problem is minnesota has miami and detroit and i get that minnesota is not very good and we'll get to them in a second but i could see minnesota they lost at home to buffalo bro i mean i don't i don't <laughs> I, I mean that they didn't just lose they got emasculated at home yeah. by buffalo like yeah. i'm not i'm not guaranteeing they beat miami i i the Panthers are going to make the play. The Panthers are going to make the playoffs, aren't they? The Panthers are going to make. I mean, like I'm starting to talk myself. I said this. at the time, and I think we talked about it. Everybody was saying that the Saints Panthers game. I mean, the the the, the Seahawks Panthers game was like loser go home. And I kept saying, no, look at their schedules, dude, and yeah. look who they're competing with. Like you could lose that game and still very well be in the playoffs. And the Panthers have stunk since then. That was actually one of the better games they played in a yeah. long while. They just couldn't find a way to win it. 
the but def- they're still there. The defense is the defense is low key terrible. I mean, it's 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 one of yeah. like the worst five defenses in football, which is hard to believe when you have Ron. And that's that's really going to be, I think, Ron Rivera's undoing. Uh, it was twenty seventh yeah. in DVOA coming into this week, um, and, and then of course they got you know they got. They, they played terrible. Um, I, I think that Ron Rivera is – and they gave up tons of points to the Browns. I think that Ron Rivera is going to get fired if he does get fired because the defense is bad. Not because Cam Newton's hurt or because of yes. uh, all this different stuff, but yes. it's like you're in charge of the defense, yes. and it fell apart when if it was if it was just middle of the road, this is a playoff team pretty easily. Agreed. Um, do, where do, where where does that stand with Rivera now? You were, of course, the first to report it a few weeks ago. Actually, first to report it on this podcast, technically. Um, do you think that it's playoffs? He keeps his job. Miss playoffs? He's out of a job. Not necessarily. I mean, if it's playoffs, but like I don't really don't think this is my guy. And we backdoored in, but what to your point? What his specialty is supposed to be doesn't look so special. And there's a pretty decent sense out there that this is seen as maybe the best job by a lot of guys. And we're doing our homework on some of these candidates. And there's a couple that are really attractive to us. Then I I don't think that's that, that there's an absolute, you know, that saves him. I mean, I mean, okay, look like they go on a long playoff run. Like, okay. Yeah. But like they backdoor in and get destroyed by somebody in the first round or even just lose in the first round and don't look, you know, like a playoff team, then, you know, Tepper still has a decision to make. Now, and look, if the Panthers get in, they will be in as a six seed. The, the, the Seahawks at eight and five have, um, tiebreaker, tiebreakers over Minnesota, who they beat on Monday night, tiebreaker over Carolina, um, and Carolina and Minnesota can't have the same record. And, and I think they have a tiebreaker over Washington if it came down to it. Not that that matters. Um, so Seattle is good. Seattle's basically at eight and five locked into the five seed because the Rams have clinched yes. the division. You know, the Seattle ceiling is the five seed, but at eight and five and with two games against, uh, San Francisco and Arizona left. They're yeah, because be- Seattle play what? Arizona this week? Uh, they play at San Francisco this week, Kansas City at home at after that. So they could win that game and literally rest guys the final two weeks. They could. Yeah, they could. Um, right, they could win yeah. that game and essentially be locked into the five. Yes, that is With cool. two games to play. Yeah, because if the – yeah, well, no, because the Vikings could win out and be 9-6-1. and one. And Seattle, but they beat them head to head. Yeah, but so it, they've already but, got nine but, wins. But no, but nine and seven is worse than nine, six, and one. Obviously, so, uh, so they'll have to play. They'll have to play guys against Kansas City. Gotcha. So they would clinch the playoffs, but maybe not the five seed. Exactly. Although I don't know what's better. You I know, really, you're I'd, not really going to know what's better, five or six. I'd rather be the five seed because you're going. to I'd play. rather play the Bears if I'm them. But whoa, really? I'd, I'd really much play rather the play the Bears and the Cowboys. Really? Although I think Seattle could beat them both. I think Seattle is going to win Wild Card Weekend on the road against either Chicago. Yeah, or I think either one of those they win, but yeah. I'd rather play Trubisky. Mm, interesting. I'd rather play the Cowboys. I think. Yeah, I'd rather I play. Think you can, I think you can beat the Bears at their own game and, out, and just stick with the ground. Out. And Russell Wilson, Russell Wilson will make three or five, three to five spectacular plays. And I think their combination of ball control and defense will beat Chicago's playing the same game, but them doing it with Trubisky and you doing it with Russell Wilson. I think if you're Chicago, the last team you want to see coming into Soldier Field on a cold playoff 
you know, night game. It feels like that'd be the NBC game for for whatever reason, like a Saturday night um, NBC game, like freezing out there. Ow! You don't want you don't want Seattle. You don't want, you don't Seattle. want Seattle. You really don't want Pete Carroll coming in there. That I mean, Seattle's like, got. I mean, look, Vic Fangio's a stud, but like, if anybody has a book on him, it's the Seahawks. You know what I mean? From the, from all the years battling with him as Harbaugh's defensive coordinator with the 49ers. Like, and they, and they, I, I like that matchup up. And like, I just didn't see the line on that one. Like, that might be my, you know, lock of the millennium if, if Vegas goes with that thing the way I think they might. I, Chicago would be minus three at least. I mean, it be might be Chicago minus At three. home? I don't know. Oh, yeah. Uh, you think? You think be, I don't know. You think that's too – I don't know. What do you mean? Chicago's like America's team, man. They're like America's sweetheart. They oh. got the coach of the year and – they got the best quarterback, you know, in the world. And, oh, just read, just no, read no, no, what people no, no, no. say about Chicago. I mean, I mean Chicago is going to be a three-point favorite at bare minimum. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. They would be – they would be – they would probably be – No, probably I, be that's a, what I think. I think Chicago would be a three to four-and-a-half-point favorite. Half, yep. And I would – I would be so on the Seahawks. Yep, me too. I, I would. I, I think the Seahawks. The Seahawks. Dallas or Chicago, because of who they are, because of the home field advantage, because of how well they played this season, would both be three to four and a half point favorites over Seattle. And I would love the Seahawks in both spots. Yes, um, me too. Conversely, I love me more with the Bears, though. Okay, interesting. Uh, well, I th- uh, I, Seattle. Seattle. You know, R.J. White, our editor, put a bet down on Seattle to win the Super Bowl in Vegas at like it's like sixty to one before the season. We can get Seattle. Crazier things have happened. Seahawks Chargers is not an off the table Super Bowl opportunity here. Just throwing, no. the, throwing that out there. No, um, it's not. Okay, so <laughs> I don't know where the hell I was going with that. So in Carolina, it's it's basically, and like and by the way, don't rule out with the Panthers that Cam Newton goes on IR in the next two weeks and has shoulder surgery and and, and then yeah, I mean if they lose this next game, I I I think you you better start thinking about the future. Yeah. And that, yeah. So they need to win at home on Monday night. They lose at home to the Saints on Monday night. It's possible that Cam Newton is is out for the. You know, I, I, it just wouldn't shock me because of his injury. And if that happens, then I think Ron Rivera is is basically dead man walking. Um, yep. Minnesota, the other team in this, because uh, I don't think Philadelphia, Philadelphia at six and seven. I'd like a little praise, not from you, just from you know the general public. Be nice if people would point out that I I said before the season the Eagles could miss the playoffs, and it looks like they probably will. Um, they yeah. could they could run the table and in or you know even win two of these games, but they're at the Rams this week uh, on Sunday night. Yeah. Then Houston at home, uh, and then at Washington. I, I, they're going to get one of those wins because Washington stinks, but they could easily go one and two. And is there any fallout in Philadelphia if they go seven and nine, or is it just you know we won the Super Bowl two I, years I ago? Think that, along? I I I would be looking at both coordinators there and saying um, there could be changes. And Frank Wright really brain drained them, huh? Yeah. Yep. Do you? Yep, 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 yep. Without, I don't want you to get Lombardi or anything, but do you worry about Doug Peterson without Frank Reich? I mean, I'm just throwing it out there. I, I, look, it's Philadelphia. They're not. They're not. They're not going to be super patient. I mean, if that, if they look like this a year from now, I think there's going to be conversations about <laughs> uh, what what macro level stuff with the Eagles. But they might not be. I mean, look, Carson Wentz might be the MVP next year. I have no freaking idea. Right. But if they look like this a year from now, I, I think pointed questions will be asked. I, I mean, Howie Roseman has done a tremendous job. He won them a Super Bowl, so he gets you know carte blanche on a lot of stuff. But they definitely have been slower on offense this year. Um, you know, they have, I mean, I, I mean, I don't know, it's, yeah, haven't been as dangerous on defense. They banged up in the secondary, but they're, they just you know. never got help. I mean, look, they yeah. came into the year with all those guys coming off of injuries and I saw them very early in camp and I was pretty impressed. 
but then, you know, Wentz missed like three or four more weeks, you know, like yep. he was doing a lot and then they had to hold him back. And Peters has never really put it together. Sproles just really started being a factor, you know, since Thanksgiving. Um, and then you couple that with losing a couple other running backs and, you know, I, I mean, even Alshon Jeffrey to me at times, like he hasn't looked quite right. I, I just you lose their entire secondary. I'm not making excuses for, you know, that coupled with a Super Bowl hangover. But, like, do I think they're going to have to reinforce their brain trust and, and, and make some do some different things from a coaching standpoint? Yeah, I think they probably will. Yeah, and look, again, I'm talking, like, coordinator or position coach stuff. I'm not talking Right, and, they, and by the way, they could be out of the playoffs right now. They barely beat the Eagles in week – I mean, barely beat the Falcons in week one, uh, snuck past the Colts in week three, and they could have started 0-5 pretty pretty easily. Um, and, and then, you know, they, it, we, you know, we wouldn't even be here talking about this. Of course, they could have beaten the Eagles, too. The, the refs are terrible. I mean, it could have beaten the Cowboys. Excuse me, I'm an idiot. Um, but at any, at any rate, uh, I, I, I digress a little bit. So on the, on the Vikings, this is the most fascinating team to me because Mike Zimmer – didn't ever really seem on board with the whole Kirk Cousins signing from a perspective of, yeah, that's great that we needed a quarterback, but I almost won a Super Bowl in our home. Seemed like I was really close yeah. to winning a Super Bowl with Case Keenum. And if you give me this money for the defense and the offensive line and we run the ball, it'll be but great. But they paid everybody, though. The, thing, the crazy thing is they like who they yeah. extended deeper than I thought they would. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, if anything, they went overboard. It was Oprah. You get an extension. You get an extension. <laughs> you get an extension. You Like, if they just paid the quarterback and told everybody else you got to wait another year to get your money, like, then I understand that dividing the locker room. But, like, dude, who didn't, who didn't get their money? Yeah. They all got their money. And they all got underpaid, too. I, I saw uh, David Cantor, uh, agent to the stars and, and, uh, and friend of ours, tweeting that he's like the Dan- – Caviar. Shout out to Caviar yeah, Cantor. I love Cantor. Um, he, he tweeted that uh, that Daniil Hunter – he's like, that's a criminal – he's like, that guy's a $20 million pass rusher. It's a criminal contract. And he's not wrong. Like, why did he take $12.5 million But the team – you can't blame the team. I mean, no, the team, not, they, they did everybody. Yeah. They, they sat down with, and they made time to talk with every player – and every agent who you could remotely make a case for being worthy of, a, of you know, who, who's outperformed their contract and is worthy of an extension. And, look, they, they got that stadium built for them, right, with a public handout, and they hosted a Super Bowl. And I give the Welsh credit. I don't because I say they've been great owners, but they, they poured it all back into the team. Yep. Is it going to work? Don't look like it. <laughs> um, is something awry there? Yeah. Was that a more functional, robust uh uh, offense capable of multiplicity and how they beat you last year than this year. Um, Shermer, Keenum, as opposed to DeFilippo, Cousins, yeah. Yeah. Um, is part of it the offensive line? Yeah. I mean, the offensive line there has been bad seven of the last eight years, right? Yeah, last year yeah. was the year where it all kind of came together. A year before that, you know, two years before that, the offensive line was getting North Turner fired in week four, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's like, I, I, I don't know. It, it, it is what it is. But like you can't, I, I'm not buying the argument that the cousins' money muddled anything up because everybody got their money. Everybody's yeah. pockets were straight there. No, that's Again, fine. there's that's guys fine. they could have waited six to nine months on who they did anyway. I don't think it's I don't think it's the money for cousins. I think it's the fact that they spent on cousins and they hired D. Filippo, who wants to be. I mean, he comes from the Doug Peterson, you know school i guess where you know he wants to pass and he's trying to throw the ball around with kirk cousins and mike zimmer wants him to keep it in his pants and run the ball with dalvin cook or latavius murray like and and i I get all that too but like 
you know, and I get they had the situation with Everson Griffin for a few weeks, but like, we're sitting here saying how horrible all these teams are. Like, you can't, Buffalo can't come in and move the ball at will on you at home for three quarters. You know what I mean? The defense has had three or four games where they're, they're, it's inexplicable, you know, how bad they are. Yeah. No, I mean, they, they and look... that's what's going to ultimately cost them. Because yeah. if they miss out, they're going to miss out by a game or a half game or a tiebreaker. And I just go back to some of the what they were putting on film for, like, a three-week stretch there in, in, like, late September, early October. I mean, that's what I think might ultimately doom them. No, that's not wrong. I mean, look, if they – right now, as it stands, the Minnesota Vikings have a 52% chance of making the playoffs. If they beat – the Dolphins and the Lions, which, I mean, you gotta go out and do that. Like, that's, that's your job. Go out and do, go out and be, beat the Vikings, you know, beat the, beat the freaking, uh, Dolphins at home, and then go to, go to Detroit and take care of business against the, the, the Dolphins, and they're at 90% chance of making the playoffs. Um, you know, things could go sideways where they lose to the Bears, and, I mean, well, actually, if they lose to the Bears, it'd be like 78%. If they beat, if they, if they went out, they're in. Um, you know, but they, they, they're gonna. They're, they need a lot of like. They don't need a lot of like. They don't need a lot of help. If you win two games, you take right. the, you take the Packers out of the equation, and it's just can the Panthers win out? Can the Eagles win out? Can the can the Redskins win out? The answer is no. Those three teams are not winning out. So win your next two games if you're the Vikings and you're in the playoffs. Do you, does DeFilippo get another job somewhere else this year? or Does he get fired, or does he stay? I mean, maybe, I think they make a core. I I I think. I think we, this will remind me in many ways of the year when the Ravens waited and waited and waited to see if Caldwell would get the Lions job because they didn't want to fire him, you know what I mean? But yeah. they would have if they had to. Yeah. I think it'll be like that. I think they'll have their eyes on a couple of other people who, you know, they're hoping don't get jobs elsewhere and who they're back-channeling with saying, you know, hey, if you want a chance to win a Super Bowl here, maybe don't go and be the offensive coordinator with that guy who's going to get the job in Tampa. You know what I mean? Wait for us because we think this is going to happen. And then if it comes to a head, yeah, I think they could say, hey, we're going in a different direction. I mean, you got three years. I mean, if you were, I mean, they have such a defined window, and it's two years after this. So if they're not sure – you know, do you try to get somebody? I mean, what I would do, the problem is you can't get them for lateral moves. I would be trying to get somebody from the McVeigh Shanahan tree. Mm. You know what I mean? To just make it as as Kirk friendly possible as possible. So, assistant, like Zach assistant Taylor, you're not knows, getting yeah. Zach Taylor to come there, you know what I mean, and call plays. Like, he let LaFleur do that a year ago. Like, I don't know if he let Zach Taylor leave as an offensive coordinator somewhere else at, from the Rams because. Like, he'll get a chance to call plays there. Maybe Sean would do that. I know he doesn't want to hold his guys back. But I also think if you're Zach Taylor, like, you might just stay with the Rams for another year if you don't get a head coaching job this year. You know what I mean? And yeah. think I'm going to win a Super Bowl next year and get it there. Like, I don't know who, you know, do, do they go with a Mike McDaniels or, you know, can they get a Rick Sangrillo or somebody like that from Kyle Staff? I, I don't know. What about maybe? I mean, what, are, are you are you sure they won't go like Mike Zimmer might, might won't say like, "Hey, listen, I want to do what Pete Carroll did. I want Brian Schottenheimer. I want somebody who's going to pound this ball forty times a, a week, and then we'll Does let." Does he have of, the line to do that? I don't no, know. No, he doesn't. He doesn't. That's a problem. I, and I don't know how you reinvent the line overnight because the thing that the dude Seahawks, they're paying the tight end, they're paying two wide receivers. Yeah, but the Seahawks, the Seahawks. I mean, you got like like he's not going to win Executive of the Year, and Pete Carroll. 
probably won't win coach of the year, although I think he should be one of the top three choices. But like John Schneider's reinvention of this offensive line and getting, yeah. getting Tom Cable out and bringing, yeah. you, know, you get Dwayne yeah. Brown, you bring back John, J.R. Sweezy, um, you know, you, you just, they, they did this overnight. And in a very subtle way, they that did it nobody... on the fly. I mean, it's yeah. like some of the transition happened through the course of the season as Earl Thomas goes down. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it was a it's a really impressive job because nobody had the Seahawks except for me. I had the Seahawks in the playoffs, but nobody. Dude, when Earl Thomas is going, people forget short attention span theater. What was the narrative when Earl Thomas is flipping the double birds on the cart? You know, leaving the stadium, his last game as a as a Seahawk, going to the hospital or whatever. Like that was, dude. Who wasn't putting daggers through the hearts of the Seahawks? Right, that was it. It was yeah, over. Yeah, no, I mean it was. They're like, four and twelve. They're 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 a joke. They can't even keep their sidelines straight. Look at this. I've never seen an injured player flip off a side. Like, hey, they were they were. Three that's and, all I read and heard. Yeah. That's all. That's that's all I read and heard. Yeah, I mean they were three and three going to the bye, and they've won. It's it, this is it, it is it is a prime example of how we forget that the NFL operates. You can be a team that people bury and come out and struggle a little bit, and it, it's an easy snowball to to roll up. But you rip off four straight wins in November and December with three with two home games left against, and then and two games left against bad teams in a in a, in a watered down conference that nobody really saw coming. And all of a sudden, you're you're primed to win a, a road playoff game and maybe scare Seattle's, Seattle's first month schedule was always going to be a bear. Yep. I mean, right? I mean, they had the Rams early. Didn't they have freaking? They had to go to Mile High. You they know what they, I mean? They, like they, it wasn't easy. They opened up at Mile High, then at Chicago. Then had the right. Cowboys at home, at Arizona, which you know Arizona played them frisky. Yeah. Then the Rams at home, and then at the Raiders. And they oh, the Raiders <laughs> is in London. They curb stomped the Raiders twenty seven three in London. Um, but yeah, I yeah. mean like four before the, the, the week seven bye and four of their first six games were on the road. That's really hard, including yeah, including, including going from Seattle to London. Yeah, 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 and including going from opening in Denver, where the Broncos always play well in September, yeah. and then playing in Chicago, where the Bears were revamped, and on Monday night yeah. in, a, in, a, in a juiced-up atmosphere. Yeah. Seattle, dude, that, <laughs> they, that, they're going to be a tough out, I think. I wouldn't want to play. It's, Seattle, Brady, Brady, Brady made this point on, on Tuesday's podcast. Seattle and, and I, that's why I pointed out the Chargers Seahawks Super Bowl thing is alive. Seattle and the Chargers are the two teams you don't want to see coming. The Chargers might win the division still though. I don't think so. See, Chiefs have to lose twice. Oh, in Seattle would be. Well, one of them's got to, if one of them happens Thursday. The other's in Kansas City. I'm just saying, Andy Reid and, you know, uh, in late December and January, stuff happens. I will be very upset if that happens because I have a ticket for the, the, the the Chiefs to win the, the division. So that would be annoying. Um, but yeah, I mean, they, it could happen. Uh, who who would be your executive of the year right now if you had to pick somebody? Executive of the year. We didn't discuss that. Uh, I mean, look, I think you don't. I mean, look, Brett Veach has done a good job at Kansas City, but I don't. You know, I, don't, I think that's out of the question. Nobody's given it to New England if they just win eleven games. We've seen that before. I guess, dude. John Dorsey's in that equation, man. Yeah, sure, sure. John Dorsey. John Dorsey. John be Dorsey right be way up there for me, off the top of my head. Um, Chris Ballard. Just starting to try to go through the divisions in my head. The Colts are seven and I six. I mean, the Cooper thing was obviously massive. Oh, don't um, stop it! Don't stop it! We're not giving it to Jerry Jones. John Schneider. You know, Manadash was huge. Knowing that Sean Lee, you know, is probably going to break down again. All right. All right. Um, I don't. I don't know that I can quite. Bring myself to do that. Nah. Like, uh, 
I'm, let me think of other teams. Here's, I mean, John, here's, here's I, I the, would think about John Schneider. I mean, look, the Rams. I mean, sure. How about how about Ryan? You know, Pace? moving Ryan? off of Watkins and getting Cooks, and I mean, they you know, how about they Ryan? did some bold stuff. Ryan Pace in Chicago. Ryan Pace would have to be in that conversation. Yeah, without a doubt. Your He's co- probably going to get it. Yeah, he probably will. Your coach of the year. I would year. think he'll get it. I, I, I Dorsey though would probably be my number two. I mean. Especially if he did what I think he may have done, which was totally Machiavellian, but be like, okay, we're not going to be good in the first half of the season anyway because I'm still stuck with Hugh. So, like, what the, what offensive coordinator could I hire to ensure that this whole thing absolutely <laughs> torpedoes by the end of September so that I get Hugh out of here, you know what I mean, so that I can finally get the Haslam's to fire this guy? I, I, you, like, I mean, if I, he did that, that coupled plus with, you know, he, he made – he, you know, he, what he did just with his first three draft picks, let alone the rest of the draft, plus some of the smart free agent signings, you know, plus the way he handled the ascension of who takes over when, when Hugh finally gets fired. That's tough to beat. I, you know, you might be onto something there. Not to, and we got to wrap this podcast up, but I do think it's interesting that, like, if you look at the way that if you look at the way that Baker Mayfield spoke to Hugh Jackson from the start of the season, like the start of his career in Cleveland, you could yes. see the disdain where he's like, man, you're not going to be here in like three months. Get out of no, here. This like, is a gong show. You could, what are you, you even you about? Could, yeah. You could, you could see that. And it is inter- like, you know, clearly when Dorsey took the job, the, the Haslam said, you have to keep Hugh. I mean, everybody. He would have made a change at that time if he could have. Right. I reported as much then, and it's absolutely the, that's not Monday morning quarterbacking. Like, he took the job under that condition. Had that condition not been there, they would have made a coaching change. Right. And that was sort of the thing. Like, it was almost too perfect because the, the Browns start out playing really well. And I, I kept saying this over and over. Like, it's an ideal situation for John Dorsey because the Browns look like they should win games because the players right. that he brought in are playing well, but they're losing games because the coaching staff because of the coach. can't close out. And so eventually you just let this power structure, this power fight struggle unfold between Todd Haley and, so you, so your, 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 your theory here. I mean, I don't want to give him too much credit, but like, is that Todd Haley was a? I don't know. Todd Haley was like a, a Trojan that, horse like, landing. These two are not going to. This is not. <laughs> first of all, it, no, it wasn't going to work with any offensive coordinator because, as I said at the time, if it works, she was going to get jealous. And the moment it doesn't look like it's as great as he thinks it could be, he's going to undermine you. So his combination of hubris and 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 lack of confidence, like he 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 doth protest too much. It, you know. You could have brought McVeigh in, and by week four he's undermining McVeigh because Baker Mayfield looks like he's going to be an MVP. And then if Baker Mayfield's not an MVP, it's like, who is this young punk? I need to do it myself. Mm. So it was never going to work anyway, but I think the the combination of Jackson and Haley is truly inspired. Yeah, I think you're right. Man, that that's a, that could be a fun 30 for 30. All right, let's get out of here. Uh, watch Jason Locking for on the NFL today. We don't have a, do we, we don't have a game on Saturday, do we? Just Sunday, right? No, I, I just but both. There's two Saturday games on NFL Network, though, huh? Yeah, yeah. Two. I, don't, I hate. I hate NFL Saturday games. I hate them. I don't hate them, but I don't love them. Well, I mean, either, it's, like but, I'm trying to enjoy my Saturday, and I explain to my family that can't. Yeah, because we got two Thursday games. The Saturday games, four thirty p.m. I, mean, I do love football. Don't get me wrong. Like I like watching it. Actually, no, totally. Uh, Texans at Jets. Ew. Four thirty p.m. on on NFL Network, and then. Um, Browns at uh, Browns at Broncos. That's actually an interesting game. That's a that's a playoff. It's a, if you want to keep it alive, yeah. go win that game, Baker. 
um, when we're not winning a tough spot on the road. Right. Both teams. It's, it's, it's a loser loser leaves town game. Uh, yes. But then NFL today, noon to one every Sunday. Must watch television. There was uh, Kyler Murray was on there talking to uh, talking to old Coach Cower about his keeping his yeah. future alive. Uh, and you can follow Jason on Twitter at Jason Lock and Forth. Talk to you next week, my man. Sounds good, buddy. Have a good one. Thank you.